What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. A few days ago, I found a post from some rando dude on Twitter, and it had to do with the Sandy Hook shooting. Basically, what he is stating is the principal at that time, Principal Don Hotchsprung, started a Twitter account months before the shooting. There was no profile pic of her, though. On this Twitter account, there was a picture she posted of kids in a classroom on November 28, 2012. The only problem is the date on the board says Thursday, December 8th. And if you look at a calendar, that would only be possible in 2011. I have the picture up on my Instagram page at Vanished Athena if you want to go check it out. But this one little picture just started me down a fucking crazy rabbit hole of Sandy Hook. I remember all this shit happening. I remember it going down. And from the very start, I heard people talking about how it was a hoax, a psyop, and that these people in the videos you see on the news and the pictures were crisis actors. So I was like, fuck, maybe it's possible. Fucking clown world. But I never really like dove into it. And then I also remember fucking Alex Jones, the gatekeeper. Uh, Some people call him controlled opposition. I don't fucking know. But he got sued by the families of the Sandy Hook supposed victims and got sued for billions of dollars. I'm sure you guys heard all about that. But I kind of paid attention to it because I thought it was an infringement on the First Amendment. You should be able to say whatever the fuck you want. I'm not saying you should be like, hey, this is this person's address. Go fucking burn a cross in their yard. But you should be able to state your opinion, whether that opinion is fucking horrific or totally conformist, whatever. Freedom of speech is freedom of speech. But yeah, back to that picture. That picture sent me on a rabbit hole and... I mean, I don't know either way if this shit was staged or if this was a true shooting, but after researching this shit for a very long time, I would say there is definitely evidence that could put up a good argument that this was a staged attack. So I am going to briefly list some of this evidence for you guys, and in the show notes, I'm going to post a link to a documentary called We need to talk about Sandy Hook. Now, this fucking documentary was so hard to find. And one of the other really strange things about Sandy Hook is all this information, videos, people talking about it, links to different videos on YouTube and just fucking articles. It's all been scrubbed from the Internet. And when I first started looking into this thing, That's what kind of piqued my interest even more so, because I ran into the same problem while trying to research the Vegas shooting, which I 100% believe was not fucking Stephen Paddock. So sit back and relax, guys. We are going to go down the Sandy Hook rabbit hole. I'm just going to give you guys a quick little rundown of what happened that day, December 14th, 2012. A 20-year-old man named Adam Lanza was at his home in Newtown, Connecticut. He shot his mom dead on the morning of Friday, December 14th, 2012, using a rifle from her collection. He then proceeded to drive to Sandy Hook School, 
arriving by 9.30 a.m., where he broke a glass door to get in. He then murdered 20 children ages 6 and 7 plus 6 staff members. Now, right off the bat, there are no videos of Adam Lanza walking into the school, no audio of shots being fired. So that is kind of like the first red flag for me. Because check this out, guys. The problem with this claim that there was no security cameras, there's no footage, all that shit, kind of seems like a bunch of bullshit. Because Sandy Hook Elementary actually published this letter on their website. It says, as of November 30th, 2012, 456 children were enrolled in kindergarten through fourth grade at Sandy Hook Elementary School. The school's security protocol had recently been upgraded, requiring visitors to be individually admitted after visual and identification review by video monitor. Doors to the school were locked at 9.30 a.m. each morning. Back, you know, when this all went down, there was a lot of YouTube videos and one of the YouTube videos actually posted a link where it was talking about the $400,000 worth of security upgrades, including surveillance. But like I was saying earlier, everything has been fucking scrubbed from the internet. Like this is probably worse than the Vegas shooting. Like this was so hard to research. I literally had to like go to conspiracy websites across the internet and go back 10 years on the different comments and posts to start the research for this episode. So that is what immediately started sending up a whole fucking bouquet of red flags. While we're on the subject of video surveillance, supposedly while this whole thing is going down, there is a police car that arrives and the angle this car is parked, you have a view across the parking lot and leading out to the fire department across the road. If you go by scanner chatter, they're talking about like kids being evacuated, what they're seeing, what they're hearing. And if you go and cross-reference the times of these conversations on the police scanner and you go back to the video, supposedly from the police car, it doesn't show any group of kid being evacuated even though it was clearly stated three times that police officers were escorting these kids out of the school and to the fire department. Kind of fucking strange. Now, as we go on, I'm going to fucking say this right off the bat. This is like a lot of conspiracy theories. There is not going to be one smoking gun piece of evidence that makes it all extremely clear. Sandy Hook has a lot of little inconsistencies details that don't make sense and there are enough to add up to hey there might be some bullshit going on some of the inconsistencies are glaringly obvious so you would think hey maybe journalists would you know look into these inconsistencies and figure out what the truth is but not one mainstream media journalist ever looked into all of the inconsistencies that popped up with Sandy Hook shooting. There were a few private citizens that tried to look into it, such as Wolfgang Halbig, James Fetzer, and James Tracy. But these people were basically canceled or arrested or sued into silence. So that is kind of fucking strange right there. So we got three regular people. One is a 
former Florida State Trooper and school principal. He was fucking sued out of existence, just like Alex Jones. I'm going to tell you some of the stuff that a Wolfgang Helbig found out. So Halbig knew that Congress had passed the Freedom of Information Act in 1966. The state of Connecticut has a similar law. But check this out. Connecticut legal advisors forgot to get that one repealed before Adam Lanza Day. Oopsie. So Halberg apparently learned a lot about the time frame, about the players involved. And even when he wasn't getting these FOIA requests back, that told him something as well. He basically took it as they're definitely trying to hide some shit. So in Newtown, Connecticut, the day before the massacre, there was a press party in Crown Plaza Hotel. And this was admitted by sales manager Kate Trudeau. That hotel was heavily booked, you guys, the day before the massacre by government and media persons. And I was talking a little bit earlier about the dash cams. Police have mandatory cameras on the dashboard of their car. Habsburg had requested some of these videos, but barely received anything from the police. And like I was saying earlier, their timestamps do not match up with scanner chatter. But this is one that's really fucking strange. Check this out. This is like one of the first things that I heard about Sandy Hook, which kind of pointed to some bullshits going on. Back in December 2012, Everyone was shown the Sandy Hook Elementary School at 12 Dickinson Drive near Newtown. And there was a firehouse right across the street. According to Halbig, he states that the campus lay empty since the beginning of the school year in September 2012. He got this from the minutes of school board meetings and from tracing delivery of lunch food to, quote, the wrong location, namely to Chalk Hill School which is where he says the real students of Sandy Hook attend school. And apparently at this point, if you went on Google Earth since March 29th, which was nine months before the shooting, an image of Sandy Hook when readers ask for the address shows 375 Fan Hill Drive, Monroe, Connecticut, which is Chalk Hill School's address. Another glaring fucking issue is that several eulogies, GoFundMes, and articles were posted online. Some of these investigators actually went and checked the cache information, the metadata, and they were actually uploaded to the internet the day before. So one of these investigators contacted Bing and asked them to explain if it was possible that the cache metadata would be wrong about the date and time these photos were taken or uploaded to the internet more accurately. He had two separate customer service representatives get back to him and they said there is absolutely no way the cache metadata could show the wrong date. It is accurate. So the first customer service rep came back and said that to him and he sent another question to a different rep just to see if he would get a different answer. But both of these representatives for Bing said, no, the cache data is 100% on point. Now, speaking of fucked up cache data, there was a man named John Vokit, and he worked at the Newtown fucking newspaper. I forget what it's called. But anyway, he posted a story where he said that he got an interview from principal Don Hospring right after the massacre had occurred. Now, the only problem with that 
is Don was reportedly killed in that shooting. So how the fuck did he get an interview with this woman afterwards? Now, according to Bing Cash Metadata, this article was actually uploaded the day before the shooting. So like I said, it's a bunch of little inconsistencies that add up to a big what the fuck is actually happening here. A woman named Shannon Hicks took basically the only pictures that are kind of associated with the Sandy Hook massacre. And I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's a bunch of little ass kids being led around by FBI agents. Shannon actually leased out these pictures to Time magazine. And one of these investigators decided to check out the metadata on her pictures. The problem is the metadata shows some of these pictures were taken at 12 a.m. and 6 a.m. It also shows that these pictures had been photoshopped. So it's multiple different sources putting this shit up on the internet. And when you dig a little bit below the surface, the cache metadata is not reflecting December 14th, the day of this massacre. It's all reflecting the day before, December 13th. So, I mean, I could see if it was like one pick here, one pick there, but this is multiple picks with multiple different people who have claimed to take these pictures and the metadata does not match. That is really fucking strange. Like how, how does that happen? And if the metadata is as accurate as these Bing customer service reps are stating, then 100% this was some shit that, you know, was planned and these pictures put up on the internet the day before. So there's definitely some smelly ass bullshit going on here. Now back to that guy, John Vockett, he uploaded a video of Sandy Hook's parking lot and it's showing a bunch of like ambulances, it's showing police everywhere. But the metadata on that video is also showing it's from December 13th. Hmm. This is the part where we get into some FEMA conspiracy land. During the early videos of the Sandy Hook shooting, there were porta potties you could see in the background. Now, if this was like a FEMA drill, that would fit right the fuck in. And there was also an electronic sign that stated everyone must sign in. So, of course, Halbig sought that in a FOIA request. And, of course, he never received any information back from law enforcement. And a little side note here, Alex Jones went hard and went crazy on the Sandy Hook shooting. And if you believe he is controlled opposition, he has definitely put it in the minds of most people that if you question what happened at Sandy Hook, you're a raving lunatic just like Alex Jones. And in other people's mind, they're afraid to speak out because they don't want to get sued for billions of dollars. So, I mean, if that's what's actually going on, Alex Jones is controlled opposition. He did a damn good job of making the NPCs of the world associate Sandy Hook conspiracies with fucking lunatics. Thanks, Alex. Another strange a little fucking inconsistency with the whole Sandy Hook situation is that not one of these murders was recorded in the FBI database. Now, the FBI keeps track of murders and mass shootings, serial killers, that kind of shit. So you would definitely think the FBI would have this in their database, but apparently they do not. 
There's a bunch of strange shit going on with the whole Sandy Hook situation. If you look back at the mainstream media news footage, there's not one fucking parent crying. And as a matter of fact, one of the fathers of this supposed dead kid was laughing and joking around with reporters. And 15 seconds later, he goes to a live interview. And suddenly he's got fucking the waterworks going and he's crying and super upset. But like I said, watch the fucking video. And this fool is like laughing, joking around and looks totally fine, which is a very strange demeanor to have after your fucking kid supposedly got its head blown off. And speaking of the parents, not one parent viewed their child's body. A state official supposedly showed them a photograph of their child and said, sorry, your child is dead and we can't show you the body. And apparently these parents were just like, oh, fuck, okay, whatever, that's cool. Going back to the police scanners for a minute, the chatter on the scanners indicate up to six suspects. News helicopter footage shows police chasing several people into the woods and detaining them. Some of the police scanners also indicate two possible suspects in a van possibly dressed as nuns. Eyewitness footage during an interview indicates that one of the men detained was placed in the front of a police cruiser and then never mentioned again. I've also heard that some of these people running around in the back of the woods were parents. Who fucking knows? According to police scanners, they indicate multiple weapons found inside the school, quote, including long rifles and shotguns, plural, which is more than any one person can carry but the media just talks about a fucking handgun. And if you go back to like the news reports back when this was all going down, the mainstream media published so many articles that contradicted each other. They fucking named Adam Lanza as Ryan Lanza. They also said the shooting was with an AR-15 at one point. They failed to mention one word about the multiple rifles and shotguns found inside the school in correlation with the police scanners. So that's kind of like what I'm talking about. These fucking quote-unquote journalists didn't bother to look into any of the inconsistencies coming out about this story. Speaking of shitty journalists, CNN actually showed pictures of other people's children who were alive, and they claimed them as victims of the Sandy Hook shooting. So this is, I think, right when a lot of people started picking up on the bullshit going down. Like, really? You're fucking posting pictures of children that are alive and claiming these are the kids that were shot dead. How the fuck does that even happen? There are no medical records of any of the survivors being taken to nearby hospitals. Natalie Hammond and another individual, who were never named, were said to have been shot in their lower extremities. Yet, no records exist of them being admitted to Griffin or Danbury Hospital. Danbury is assigned by the state of Connecticut to handle all mass casualty incidents and is only 12 miles away from Sandy Hook. There are police scanners that at the time of 11:23 a.m. basically showed that the police officers were confused because no survivors, nobody shot, nothing were arriving at the hospitals. And that's very fucking strange. Now, if you go back into the records, there is no record of the crime scene being cleaned afterwards by any state-approved agency, which is a law relating to any situation where biohazards like blood are found. There's also aerial footage that is basically, it's fucking strange as shit. It's showing the firehouse 
And then it just shows people like walking in circles around it. There was a FEMA drill scheduled the same day as the supposed shooting, but that was 19 miles away. It was called L-366, Planning for the Needs of Children in Disasters. On Facebook, there were several memorials posted days before the actual shooting. Just like the Stephen Paddock shooting in Vegas, no motive was ever given for Adam Lanza supposedly killing his mom and then proceeding to kill 20 people. So yeah, I, no motive. I guess that's it. No, who fucking cares? And this is kind of interesting. Many of the people involved in Sandy Hook happened to be actors. From Gene Rosen to the parents of the supposed children to many of the, quote, eyewitnesses. I mean, I thought this shit went down in Connecticut, not fucking L.A., That's just really strange to me. Another side note about the FEMA thing. There were large numbers of people filmed at Sandy Hook who were wearing color-coded badges that just happened to correspond with the same color codes FEMA uses during drills, as well as evidence of restroom facilities and potable water being provided. And that's all according to the FEMA handbook. These are just some of the inconsistencies I fucking went down so many different rabbit holes and a lot of them did have good points. So like I always tell you guys, do your own research into Sandy Hook. If you find something fucking mind blowing or interesting, send it my way because people do research in different ways and the shit I may have found might not be the same shit as you find. But I'm definitely going to link the documentary entitled We Need to Talk About Sandy Hook in the show notes so you guys can check it out. It's fucking long. It's almost three hours, but it's definitely worth the watch and the time it takes to watch. So seriously, guys, dig in, see what you can find out. If you find out anything really fucking interesting, send it my way. And like I said in the beginning, you're not going to find one smoking gun that proves this shit's a hoax. It's all the small inconsistencies that have never been explained that make it seem like there's some bullshit going on. And maybe you're wondering why, why would they do this? Because of gun control. They really want to disarm the American public. I mean, that's one reason, but who knows? These fucking psychopaths could have 12 other reasons I haven't even thought of. But yeah, you guys go check out the documentary and go down the rabbit hole and shoot your information my way. All right, guys, now we have to talk about Ohio for a minute. Now, I've been telling you the last few weeks about this fucking mushroom cloud in Ohio of just fucking straight up toxins. It's poisoning the water. It's poisoning the fucking soil, the air, everything. But I believe there is a reason this whole thing went down the way it did and why Palestine was the place chosen to set off this complete environmental disaster. Cleveland, Ohio is set to become the first 15-minute city in the United States with a project that will transform 35 acres of land into apartments, offices, and green space. And side note, it's only an hour and 50-minute drive from East Palestine. They're fucking trying to seize control of the American fucking public. And I'm getting this information from a Bloomberg News article. I'm just going to read you a little excerpt out of it. The master plan penned by architect Sir David Ajay, famed for his Smithsonian National Museum of African-American History and Culture in Washington, D.C., 
shows a mix of new and reused buildings, as well as green space and walking paths. The Bedrock Project invokes urban planning's hottest buzzword, the quote 15-minute city, where all daily amenities and necessities are available within a short walk. The developers promise a mix of live work play features that link shore to core, providing what Bedrock CEO Kofi Bonner called a boulevard from public square, a downtown space laid out by the namesake Moses Cleveland himself, through Tower City and down to the east bank of the Cuyahoga River. Hmm. So let's talk about these fucking 15-minute prisons for a second. The bullshit picture that's being sold to the NPCs is that, oh, wow, everything is so convenient. It's all in walking distance. There's better city planning. There's utilization of urban space. There'll be less traffic and pollution, better availability of services such as schools, hospitals, shopping, etc. Now, I don't know why the fuck anybody in their right mind would believe anything the government has to say after the Kabobo PSYOP, but The reality is way fucking different than this fucking utopian lie they're trying to sell to everyone else. You would need a permit to leave or travel between the zones. You could be fined for not having that permit or traveling using prohibited vehicles. Biometric and facial recognition checkpoints would be all over that bitch. It's easier to control access to services based on a social credit score. It's also easy to control and deny access to resources. I mean, you guys, the entire fucking lie of these 15-minute cities is better urban planning. But that is the fucking lie. This is just one more step to Agenda 2030 with corralling the population into a small area, controlling the resources, and thereby controlling the people. Don't fucking go for their bullshit. These 15-minute cities that keep springing up all over the world are straight up out-of-the-world economic form playbook. And it's like you really had to fucking destroy Palestine, Ohio, so you could enact Klaus Schwab's evil fucking villain plan? I don't like the sounds of this at all. I can't believe that we are even discussing the idea of possibly setting up this 15-minute prison in the United States. But yeah, I mean, they fucking destroyed a bunch of land in Ohio with their mushroom cloud. And that area just happens to have very fertile agricultural land. So that land's all fucked now. And the waterways go all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. It's going to fuck up all their water. The atmosphere is, is bringing these toxins all the way up to Canada. And... Apparently, a few states have even received shipments of dirt that is contaminated with this shit. And the authorities in these states said, oh, we had no idea that was happening. No idea at all. Hmm. Moving on to some Kabobo news. I found a post by Bright Light News Media on Twitter. And it states, quote, if I were a woman in fertile age, I would not plan a motherhood from a man who has been vaccinated. And that comment was made by pathologist Arne Burkhart. And he's been studying the mRNA spike proteins. And he says there's a huge concentration in the testes. He had done an autopsy on a man who died 140 days after being vaccinated. And when he looked into the tissue of the testes, 
it was loaded with spike proteins. He said very few sperm were found and it was mostly spike proteins. He describes another case of an 80-year-old man that died after getting the jab and same story, but he had zero sperm. He had just a bunch of fucking spike protein living in the testes. So it has to make you wonder, like what he's saying, if you go and get pregnant by somebody that has been vaccinated, is your kid going to turn out all fucked up? Are you going to pass these spike proteins to your child? We don't know. That's the problem. There's just not enough study or data about this information. But I mean, this was all considered a fucking crazy conspiracy theory not too long ago. And the mainstream media, the fucking big pharma evil cunts, they all said, no, there's no evidence that the spike goes to the ovaries. There's no evidence that the spike goes to the testes. Well, yes, there fucking is. And side note, it's like mainstream media news now that the lab leak is not just a theory. That's what they're saying happened. And I found multiple videos from CNN and other media outlets straight up calling us crazy conspiracy theorists and racists for saying this shit came out of the Wuhan lab in China. So I don't know. It's like every fucking day, month, week, some other conspiracy is proven as fact. There is some good news, though, on the whole spike protein front. Dr. Peter McCullough published a Substack article detailing how Nato Kanase could possibly break down the spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough wrote one of the most frequently asked questions he get is how to detoxify the body of the spike protein. And his answer is Nato Kanase. And what is Nato Kanase? Peter McCullough notes that it is, quote, an enzyme produced by fermenting soybeans with bacteria bacillus subtils varnato and is available as an oral supplement. Nanokinase and similar products, quote, such as serapeptase, should undergo well-funded accelerated preclinical and clinical development programs. The issue at hand is the urgency of time, similar to that with the SARS-CoV-2 infection and empiric early therapy. McCullough continued, it will take up to 20 years to have a fully developed pharmaceutical profile to characterize the safety and efficacy of netokinase in the treatment of vaccine injury and post-COVID syndromes. So apparently, guys, you can just fucking go online and get this supplement. Now, obviously, I'm not telling you go run out and get this shit. I'm just letting you know what Dr. Peter McCullough is saying about detoxifying this fucking poison from your body. I'm going to link this Substack article where he describes, you know, what studies have been done, his reasons on why he thinks it can detoxify the spike. So go to the show notes and you will see a link and it'll lead you to Dr. McCullough's Substack. All right, guys, that is about it for this week. But before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to the top three downloading states. We have Ohio still in the lead, California in second, and Texas in third. That's what's up, you guys. Thank you so much for listening every week. If you have any information I need to check out or you want me to send you information, hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or go over to Reddit and find my sub r slash vanishedinthevalley and hit me up. As far as our world downloaders, we have Australia, Canada, the UK, and Ireland. 
Thank you guys. I fucking appreciate you listening so much. Come say what's up to me on my Instagram. It's at Vanished Athena. And normally I can see the comments people make, but as far as direct messages, good fucking luck. Half the time I get them, half the time they go to some fucking hidden folder. So I don't even really fuck around with the messages there. Just remember this though, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.